Before we start this week's episode, we just want to take a moment to acknowledge the death of Carrie Fisher. She was a huge part in the Star Wars universe and will always be remembered as our princess. May the force be with her. This facility is crude, but it should be adequate to freeze Skywalker for his journey to the Emperor. Welcome to episode 6 of the Carbon Freeze podcast. After a long hiatus, we're here to discuss Rogue One, because it was pretty damn good, right? That's right, this is our Return of the Jedi, uh, this episode. Yeah, Rogue One was cool, and we have lots to talk about, but we'll get to that towards the end. I think we'll start with... Han Solo news. Yep, yep. Han Solo news. Uh, biggest one probably being... Woody Harrelson being cast as Garrus Strike. That's it. That's right. Now, some of you may remember Gareth Shrike as the mentor of Han Solo when he was younger from the the Paradise Snare Han Solo, Han Solo book from, oh, geez, late 90s, something yeah. like that, written by C.A. Crispin. I think that's his name. Ansi a- Crispin. That's 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 the name. I, I thought they were cool books, that trilogy. Gareth Strike was kind of a... You know, mentor slash bad guy slash kind of pirate. Um, I reckon he'll follow the same. Yeah, I think Woody Harrelson can play play that role pretty well. That sounds like Woody Harrelson to me. So yeah, so that'll be interesting. Not much other Han Solo news yet, except for apparent release date of May. I think it's like May twenty fifth next year. Yeah, which is which is kind of different to what they've been doing, which is Christmas kind of movies. And they are they want they were apparently chasing Sandy Newton for a role. You know. And she is from... Westworld. That's right. Thank you, Dudsy. The very popular HBO show. Yes, very popular. So that, that, that'll be interesting. She is the, the bar lady. No, she's one of the... Yeah, bar lady slash host. Yeah, in the, yeah. the host of the whorehouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so th- th- that'll be cool. Like, you know, they're clearly trying to um, grasp onto some good good actors for it. I mean, having Woody Harrison in a Star Wars film is pretty fucking out there. Like, yeah. Amelia yeah. Clark, uh, Donald Glover... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Amelia Clark, I could take or leave. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I gotta say, but, but she's a name. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a big name. And look, I mean, you know, and I'm sure she'll do good. It's just, yeah. you know, uh, the really the only thing I watch her in is um, Game of Thrones. I refuse to talk about Terminator Genesis. So yeah, yeah. I think everybody does. Yeah, you know, fucking awful. Anyway, <laughs> that's we, we digress. <laughs> that's for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And the other bit of news was that Episode 8 got a title. That's right. The Last Jedi, the Last as it's Jedi. called, which apparently leads on from The Force Awakens. So, The Force Awakens, The, the Last, Last Jedi. Jedi, from his slumber, I guess, yeah. is what Episode 9 yeah. will be called. Probably. No, who knows? Seems but like it. it's supposed to mean a title. The other thing which floated around the internet was the, the so-called red writing of the Star Wars logo. Which is supposed to uh, the only time it's ever happened before. Apparently, is the Clone Wars when essentially it was about Darth Maul. Yeah. So it's still going to be in yellow. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Does do, theory does it is, does it hold up or just another one of those fucking insane internet theories that someone's like, I know, clickbait article. Let's fucking throw yeah, it up there. I think so. I think it all like just for the actual image when they released the title. Yeah, just like absolutely. how Return of the Jedi had red yeah. and Revenge of the Sith had a red Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's right. Well, Return of the Return of the Jedi did have a red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they just kind of added in there every so often. I don't think it's supposed to be no. a 
you know, I don't think it's supposed to mean anything, but we'll when, see. Like When it flashes up, when Star Wars comes on the screen in the movie, it's going to mm. say, being yellow. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. So Star Wars Episode Eight, still not a lot of news, still not a lot of information out there. The only thing is that they think a trailer is rumoured for April, which makes sense because that's when Celebration is. That's right, which also means 40th anniversary. Yeah, the 40th anniversary too. 40 fucking years of Star Wars, that's pretty cool. Fuck. And 30 of it, I've been following it. Whoa. (laughs) The other thing about Episode 8 is, well, the only other thing I've seen on the internet was something to do with some little, uh, some kind of horse-like monster that a picture got leaked. Yeah, I saw that. I think a lot of people were saying, we always complain about Star Wars fans. Let me start with this first. Like, sometimes Star Wars fans are the worst thing about Star Wars. Uh, There's just always, you can't please any of them. Or all of them, you know? So you just have to deal with it. You just have to just accept that some things are not what we expect it to be. Some things are not going to be how you want it to be. If it was your film, you can do it your way. And if that's the case, write a fucking fan fiction. Write an erotic fan fiction. Just, you know, I understand if you don't like it, but if you have to go out of your way to break it down and tear it down so badly, why, why are you enjoying it? Why do you want to watch it? You know? If you don't like it, great. You can have a critical, like a, a critical summary of it, I guess, and say, "Look, I don't like it for this reason, or I don't like, you know, the movie for this reason, or I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't think it was good as this film." I mean, you know, I, I say all the time, I'm I'm the biggest advocate of complaining about like things like Return of the Jedi. I don't think it's as good as you know Force Awakens, and people yeah. want to people want to crucify me for it. Fine. Anyway, there was this picture of this animal. A long-legged kind of alien-looking animal, like a you know a tauntaun meets a ronto or something like that. Um, not a big deal. It's a Star Wars monster. Like, what yeah. do you expect? You know, it's going like to be something weird. It's going to be something like different. Some people complain like that the Rathars in Episode Seven look too much like something out of Star Trek, and it, it, that nothing in Star Wars is ever going to look like it's out of Star Trek. Yeah. Like, it's always going to look different. Star Trek is pro- is ingrained a bit more in realism as opposed to Star Wars, so I don't think I don't think that's something that you can really say. Anyway, uh, back onto yeah the the title. I think it's it's an interesting title, and again with your clickbait articles, people trying to say that the Last Jedi is Snoke, or is Rey the Last Jedi, or doesn't mean Luke Skywalker. Uh, who knows? My personal theory is it's probably Ray. Yeah, I think it could be Ray and Luke combined because yeah, okay. Jedi yeah. can be plural. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I, I, I'm still under the the general theory that um, Ray was trained at a young age and she just has latent force abilities that are now awoken. Yeah. And showing themselves. And showing themselves now. Hence the reason why The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. I believe Rey is that Last Jedi. I believe yeah. that that's the way it works. Who knows how they're going to... People will argue, but, but Luke Skywalker's The Last Jedi. Jedi. Not quite. He's a Jedi Master. And normally yeah. they remove themselves from yeah. destiny. Because Yoda did. Obi-Wan did. Exactly. You know, they, they've always... When they become Masters, they know that eventually what they're doing with their life will stop. Or... They may die, or something like that, or they may pass away. And, and their their general the, the the general idea I've got of the Star Wars unit, the Star Wars story, is that the Jedi Masters will eventually leave their knowledge and power to their to their apprentice, to their Padawan. Um, and I think Luke Skywalker will die. Episode nine. Unfortunately, that looks like 
Yeah. Something that would make sense. Yeah. It'd make sense to Mark Hamill as an actor as well. I don't think he would play it out too much longer. Okay, I'm going to give you an alternative. These two things. If one of these things is going to happen in... Episode 8. In episode 8 or 9. Yeah. Ray turning to the dark side or Kylo coming back to the light side? Oh, what do you think would happen? Fuck. What's um, more likely? Can I say neither? You can say neither. Yeah, I say neither. I, I, I think Kylo Ren is too far gone. Yeah. And I still believe in the character. I still believe despite being... The whingy, whingy, you know, twenty something year old, you know, twenty so called millennial as they're trying to um, <laughs> emo color, yeah, emo color, and I, I believe that he's just unhinged. Yeah, um, I believe he's he's started down a path that he is completely fucking stuck on and will not come back and can't come back. I don't believe he should have a redeeming quality because I think it will make the character better for episode eight and nine. Yeah, I really do. Like you can't kill your dad and just come back from that. No. Um, that was that was his point where if he was going yeah. to come back, he would have come yeah. back. As to the reason why maybe he doesn't recognise Ray, is probably age. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the only thing I can think of. You know, it's uh, who, who knows? Like, what do you reckon? Do you reckon uh, Kylo Ren to returning from the dark side? Or I mean, I did have there was a point where I, I thought it could it, this whole. Um, sequel saga could be a, a, re- a redemption story, but I hope not. I could, it, it's kind of tied. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense after you know killing your dad. No, and and I, yeah, me either. And I think um, Rian Johnson will refuse to direct a film that does that. I, I think so. Um, not only that, I, I just it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me as the, as, the, as why a character like Kylo Ren, after doing such a thing, after purposely picking the dark side. Yeah, and I don't... Would go, like, Darth Vader didn't do that. And Ray doesn't make sense going to the dark side either. No. What, why is that? Is that just something... Internet fan theory or yeah. something you... Internet fan theory. Okay. Yeah. So you don't believe it either? It's just... No. Yeah, okay. Cool. Um, maybe Luke Skywalker turns to the dark side, you know? Why is Luke the only one that, um, in the new canon, that hasn't been tempted by the dark side? Bearing in mind, in the expanded universe and Dark Empire, he actually does turn to yeah. the dark side because uh, he does what he thinks every Jedi could do, especially a well-known, a well-known one called um, uh, the name is escaping him at the moment. Uh, a Jedi named Yulik Keldaroma, uh, and at about four thousand years before the Battle of Yavin. He himself, despite despite what his masters told him, decided to turn like to try and change the dark side or beat the dark side within. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. He killed his brother and uh, turned the galaxy into civil war with the Mandalorians, along with uh, Exar Kun, who is also one of the greatest mm. Siths of all time. Yeah. So yeah, so you know, as we know, if you're an EU fan, you'll know that Luke Skywalker did it. In the nineties, <laughs> in Empire, in Dark Empire, um, to also to try to kill the reborn Emperor, who had been reborn into a clone, which really fits in well with the Clone Wars stories of Episode, you know, two and three, mm. and where the clones worked, and uh, that's probably the major thing I miss from the in the new canon. It's probably yeah. Dark Empire. Yeah. Uh, other than that, yeah, um, turning the dark side as far as. The characters we're talking about, Ray, no, 
I don't think so. Luke Skywalker, I don't. I, I certainly don't think that'll happen. Coming back from the dark side, I, I hope not. I, I hope it doesn't happen. So you're moving on. Do you want to talk about some of the books you've been Yes. Reading? So I, I've been smashing through the current canon. Um, Much better than me. Yeah, doing it via an audiobook, actually, uh, because it's just been fun. I do it on my way to work, you know, when I'm going for walks, you know. In my spare time, I'll throw it on, have a listen to it. And um, I recently finished Tarkin and uh, Catalyst and Bloodlines. Bloodlines, I actually read as I'd found out about Princess Leia dying. So as Carrie Fisher had passed away, um, I found Bloodlines to be really bittersweet for me. Um, yeah, I can imagine it would be. Yeah, very sad to kind of read, to have, like, you know, the character in, of Princess Leia going from, like, this, this senator that's clearly, like had enough of galactic politics to having her name smeared in the galactic, in the new Republic Senate because she, she's Darth Vader's she's daughter. Darth Vader's daughter. Um, and then, you know, having her shunned and then her trying to start this secret underground, you know, group, which is basically the resistance because they know they, they found out that militant groups are banding together Um to, to fight the New Republic and the New Republic is almost demilitarized and I'm guessing somewhere in between then they find out about the New Order. Yeah. So it was sad because, you know, you see this 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 getting older kind of uh, Leia Organa and she's, you know, she's got one last fight left in her and that's the that's this resistance. Uh, and and re- reflecting that back onto real life, you know, was clearly her passing away at a young age, like, trying to fight. I mean, I still think she was very young. Like, what, you know, so I guess it just... I like that, speaking of bloodlines, like, Corsella, she was in The Force Awakens. Yeah, the, the Doctor? No, no, she was um one of players, um, like, assistants. Oh, yeah, one of the... Evo- yeah, she's, yeah, she's, yeah. She's, she's, she's the one that got really, really upset about finding out that Leia was... Vader's daughter. Yeah, and then she bailed. Yeah, yeah. And now you she's know. come full back, and she, yeah, she's in the resistance. Yeah, and she's in Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's what I thought. The um, the Doctor makes an appearance. Yeah, yeah. So the Doctor that's helping Chewbacca. Yeah, in Force Awakens is also in um, uh, Bloodlines. A great little ad, and also so is um a, a few of the pilots. So I think the main one is probably Snap Wexley. Yeah. And of course, if you are a follower of the new canon, you know that uh, Nora Wexley is a major character in the two Aftermath books. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that they've picked this particular character that kind of doesn't really do much in The Force Awakens to be a character that's a bit of a. A lot of the canon is about characters, like a lot of like side characters and not major characters, which is really cool for me. Yeah, it's it's expanding the universe. Yeah. I want to talk about a book that I don't think Chris has started or finished yet, which is Lords of the Sith. No, not yet. Which is, uh, in short, Darth Vader and the Emperor get stuck on the planet Ryloth after an, a, a massive ambush by uh, uh, Charm Sandula, Hera Sandula's father, who leads the Free Ryloth Movement. Um, and I can say, without a doubt, it's my favourite of the new canon books. It is brutal. It's heaps of fun. There's shitloads of action in it, like some great characters. Um, Charm Sandula is really cool. There's an Imperial officer that Charm is basically blackmailing through it, and he is fucking hilarious through it, just the things that happen. And Darth Vader, 
brutal as ever. Like, absolutely brutal. So, Definitely mine. Oh, yeah. It's got to be your next thing. If anybody else is keen on a book and they're armed and hard about new canon because they've, you know, they've, you know, they've gone through the new Jedi order, they've gone through the legacy books and they're tired of Star Wars reading, please do yourself a favour. Do yourself a favour, as Molly would say, and fucking read this book. He probably wouldn't have said fucking. Though. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, maybe when he was high on cocaine, he might maybe. have said. So moving on in other book news, yeah, I'm doing the Rogue One novelization, which has been really cool. Like, um, I think maybe if you you liked Rogue One but you weren't a major fan of it because you kind of felt like it was missing a few things, like character development, which I know a lot of people have kind of had a bit of an issue with. This book could be for you if you're a Star Wars fan. There's a few little subtle things that are said in it that are, uh, that and a few extra lines, um, some extra parts of the story that really mash it together a lot more, which is great. One of the big things I found out which really made me like the character level, Cassie Nandor had a daughter. That's all it says. That's all you need to know. Um, and I guess the, 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 whatever's happened to her is clearly left up to your imagination. So... Sounds like it. Yeah, I think it's a really cool, a really, really, really cool book to to, to read alongside um, Rogue One, uh, which probably leads us into Rogue One. It does. But before we do, um, a bit of other news is Marvel Comics, which I, I know I've 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 professed in the past how much I haven't enjoyed a lot of their current stuff in Star Wars. They, they are doing a Rogue One a Rogue One comic, Rogue One adaptation, so that's okay. that's supposed to have some other extra bits that aren't shown in the movie as well. So I thought you were going to talk about that crossover thing they're doing with Doctor Afro, whatever it is. Oh yeah, no, I, I haven't. I haven't really kept up with that. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm, I might step back and have a kind of a, a read of a lot of them again, maybe for our next podcast, just to maybe chat about it in front of the people don't want to read them and they want to force me to do it. I mean, I will. <laughs> That's what you do as a yeah. yeah, yeah, do things you don't like. Yeah. And another and another kind of um, crossover for Rogue One is a few young adult novels, but hey, you know, some of them are okay, For about Chimwe and Blaze. I'm excited about that one. Yeah, and one about um, Jin, Jin as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think that hopefully if they're, if they're not too young adultish, yeah. It should be pretty cool. Yeah, I think that should be pretty cool. All right. You know what? Before we move on to Rogue One, we, we threw it up on Facebook if people could maybe uh, ask, ask us some questions before we go live. And yeah. we did have one, one serious one anyway, um, by a friend of ours, Brendan, who's part of mine and Chris's Star Wars game group that we play board games, role-playing game stuff together. So shout out to Brendan. Um, his question was, "What would, what is it you'd like to see in upcoming films? Any ships, characters, plot points, etc. Do you, uh, do you think they should include?" So I guess, what kind of film would we like to see come up next? As in the uh, a spin-off movie? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to assume that's what he means. Yeah. Well, if there's already a Boba Fett one, that's kind of me, sort of there. Yeah. But look, I mean, without it being too much of a tacky. Uh, sequel maybe about the Boston Spies that get the Death Star 2 plans I mean I know it's been done but it worked pretty well the first time so. yeah well it worked alright the first time it could be interesting like many Bostons died none died in Rogue One right right uh, yeah so maybe that is there any characters that I'd that like you, to see that you'd like to see pop up in episode 8 or 9 that 
could possibly boss up. Maybe oh. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Well, maybe Grand Admiral Thrawn, but I guess we'll see how he goes through Rebels. Rebels. Rebels has yeah. at least got another couple of seasons left in it. Yeah, definitely. Maybe another three seasons. I mean, surely they'll do six. I don't know if they'll drag it out. Um, yeah, six sounds about right. I don't know. I, I, I can't think of any characters that are already out and about that I'd want to see again or I'd want to see a movie of. I mean, a, a lot of the movies are going to have to be about characters that are already already out there. Yeah, exactly. What I don't want to see is an Obi-Wan Kenobi film. It's just him sitting around in his hut. Yeah. Well, any stories that are happening to Obi-Wan are already going to be touched on and already going to be... Um, and what are you going to include in it? Like, Uncle... Uncle Owen turned um, him to stay away from Uncle him. Owen getting annoyed at him. Yeah, yeah, not boring, you know. Uh, you know, the confrontation he's going to have with uh, a, a very alive Darth Maul is going to happen in Rebels. So, exactly. you know, that's him sorted. It's like, Uncle Owen's like, hey, Ben, you crazy coo, stay away from Luke. Yeah. He'll be like, fine. He'll be like, yes, Uncle Owen. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Force is strong. I, I don't know, I can't do Obi-Wan can I do. Yeah. Um, Maybe a Yoda one, but I feel like that's stupid too. There's so much stuff, like that shouldn't happen. Is, yeah. is what? But with Yoda, it's just like, where do you start? He's nine hundred years, years old. old. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where do you start? You need like six movies. Yeah, no. I, I, look, as much as I love Star Wars, I'm not sitting through six Yoda films. Maybe Plokerin, because I, I love Plokerin too. Christ, a TV series. I think TV yeah. is the future of Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, TV stories, possibly something to do with Kylo Ren and his turn to the dark side. That's that. That would be that would be it for me. As far as ships, oh, I want to see all of them. Like, you know, I'd like to see give us um, all the ships. Yeah, every ship. You know, the, the most important ships have already to return back up for me in uh, Rebels. They're going to yeah, have exactly. the Tie Defender. Like, <laughs> I don't care about any other ship. You know, maybe a film about. Or, or maybe I want to see something pop up in this current Star Wars canon as to how they get the X-wing fighter. You know, that would be like, cool. It's always been a, uh, it's always been kind of addressed in the in the expanded universe, yeah. but it'd be nice to see if old Pablo has got something up his sleeve. Probably does. Yeah, knowing him. Okay. All right, Rogue One. The the part of the podcast we've all been waiting for. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So this could take a while. So your initial uh, initial thoughts of Rogue One, Chris? I was just blown away. Yeah. Blown away straight away? Yeah. Awesome. Me too. Uh, definitely. I think all the... It all hit, hit perfectly for me. Yeah. Yep. Initially, I thought a little bit a little bit fast, fast-paced, like kind of happened a little bit too quickly. But after kind of sitting back and especially watching it a few other times, I've noticed it's probably paced more like a, you know, a, an old school World War II movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, but with the added kind of, the added salt of, uh, you know, a little bit of kind of slight plot development and yeah, definitely. a few extra characters here and there. But it, it definitely kind of played out like a, like a, like a, a, a war adventure f- film, you know, like, you know, a lighthearted World War Two sort yeah. of film. Did so, you have a favourite character from Rogue One? Yeah, I did. General Merrick. Blue General Squadron. Merrick. Oh, yeah. He was on for me. Yeah. Admiral Raddus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't go past K2. Yeah, of course. K2 is I hilarious. Like K2. But you know me, I always like those ridiculous yeah. kind of characters, like the ones that nobody else really... And no, yeah. well, I love... You know what I loved about Merrick? Like, when he was flying, he looked like he just loved it. Like, oh, he just loved being the next one pilot. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, like... I loved the, how the actor portrayed it. Oh, great. So good. Um, yeah, so general impressions, especially after the first, like, a few a, a few watches of it, I really, really digged it. I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Definitely. 8 to 9. 8 to 9, yeah. I don't think, any, like, only Empire Strikes Back will ever be a 10 out of a 10. Yeah. And this, this is where we have to kind of tell the truth about this film is, well, especially for myself, certainly not perfect. And I think we'll talk about some of the stuff in yeah. a second where we don't find it perfect. So 8 out of 10 I think is fair. Where does it fit in your order of Star Wars movies? Did you enjoy it more than Force Awakens? I'm starting to think, no, I didn't. I don't think it was better than Force Awakens, especially after watching Force Awakens again, currently on Blu-ray, at home, you know, mm. by myself, surround sound, yeah. you know. I, I really noticed how really fucking good of a film Force Awakens is, despite any kind of small feelings of a rehash that it might have had. It's really put together so well. Plus, I, I, I've got to admit, some of the actors that are actually in Force Awakens are a lot better actors. Yeah, definitely. Like, they're, they're, and I think that was that was going to be the case, no matter what. But yeah. Felicity Jones really did well. I think she she looked the part as Jenna, so she didn't f- feel out of place. Yeah. Once again, a yeah. very good, strong female lead. Yep. So, what didn't you like about Rogue One? What didn't I like about Rogue One? It's a good question. Yeah. Just trying to think. I really liked it. I can't think of everything. Okay. Like, All right. You can't think of anything? Nothing jumps out of me right now. I'll tell you what I didn't like because in the, in the you know, in all fairness, like you've got to be objective about a film. Like I can't just say, oh, every bit of it's fucking brilliant. It's a great Star Wars film and it beats anything in the prequels hands down. Um, I would watch this film over and over again and it really sits well in the Star Wars universe and it made so much sense and I still... You know, I teared up. You know, when the, the when the rebel are when the rebels are doing what they're doing, or at the end, we're going to like the leader comes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I got excited, I got upset. You know, I got nervous. I, I felt a lot of stuff through it, so I did like it. But a few plot holes, just a couple of missing things. You know, initially leading up to Scarif, everything up to Scarif, and how they get the plans just smooths. Directly into uh, a new hope, no problems, and yeah. you can write the film off and say, "Well, that's it. That's that's what I know. What happens now? It's about Luke Skywalker. Cool. Um, just a couple of glaring mistakes. Probably the biggest one is the R two D two C three PO on Yavin. Yeah, the cameo. Yeah, the cameo, which I think was was added just for so people go, "Oh, look, it's them." Uh, you know, like yeah, I just think it's it was kind of don't fucking pander to us, Disney. We we know who C three PO and R two D two are. Uh, you literally left him on Yavin while Princess Leia's ship was docked to the profundity on its way to Scarif to fight a fucking almost losing battle. How did she get the droids back? Help us, Pablo. Hello, you're our only hope. Yes, Pablo, we, we need to know. How, how did the droids get back on the ship? They wouldn't have gone back to Yavin because they would have just given the plans yeah. to the rebels there. So, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, the the I, I know it would have paced the film a bit differently, but they could have had R2-D2 and C-3PO rushing through the corridors, you know, and it would have made more sense with it. There's no escape for the princess this time. Like, yeah. there's clearly a gap, a, a big enough gap between end of Rogue One and the start of A New Hope where they obviously get the droids. Yeah. Um, surely they would have had to have meet, meet up with someone somewhere or something happens. Um, 
because, you know, the Star Destroyer is chasing them and they get to Yavin. Like, the only way that could happen is if they're tracked, you know? Darth Vader's, like, looking out over the profundity at uh, the Tantive, uh, Tantive Force, like, bolting off into hyperspace. He'd then have to get back on his shuttle, back to the Star Destroyer, uh, mop up Operation, get yeah. back all the TIE fighters, you know, and by then point, chase off, you by know. that point, Tantive Force. Gone, long yeah. gone. Doesn't you can you can plot you can plot a course along their last known trajectory, but you know what? Like if you know anything about sort of the the, the Star Wars universe when it comes to hyperspace travel, like there's times in between, like there's lots of gaps. Yes. Things take time to get somewhere. Like surely, surely they would have had to pick up the the droids somehow. So I'm assuming there's days, a week gap, something like that. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to assume. Uh, yeah. You know, so. That's a community you didn't really like. What are the cameos you did like? Well, the ghost. Ghost was definitely cool. You've seen the ghost and Hera Sandula, or General Sandula. Over the intercom. Over the intercom, which could could mean charm. Yeah. But who knows? I, I, I honestly think I it's probably... It Hera. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon it was Hera too. So, you What's know, that's little, cool. The little chopper one. Oh, yeah, the chopper one's great. Yeah. The little remote like like chopper. Hilarious. Can you miss it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think some of the other cameos was, you know, the the two the Doctor Ivanza and Chunda Baba. Yeah, yeah. Um, I said his name right. I think it's Punda Baba. Punda Baba. Punda yeah. Baba. You know, from A New Hope. That was funny, and it does me. I think they yeah, had Punda Baba. I think they had enough time to get off. Yeah, of course they did. Yeah, up. there's a solid couple of weeks between. Uh, like... Well, not even that. They could have been on their way to a spaceport. Exactly. But there's at least a few days before the Death Star shows up and destroys. I mean, because the way the Ponder grabs Doctor Ephesor, it's like, come on, we've got we've yeah. got to be somewhere. Like yeah. it's 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 clear. But yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a few days. There's there's the large fight, you know. Then there's them being walked across the you know the 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 deserts of Jeddah to. What about the OG Red Red Five cameo? Oh yes, yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, him dying. Yeah, yeah. I loved seeing seeing um, Red One and Gold One. Yeah, Red One and Gold One was fantastic. Yeah, that was that was great. Actually, unused footage apparently. Yeah, from a New Hope. Yeah. Oh man, so cool. So 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 cool. Just seeing like one of my favorite characters from side characters from a New Hope. Um, I am surprised we didn't see. Uh, Wedge, but apparently his voice is yeah. somewhere. I read that somewhere. So, you know, that's pretty cool. There was a few other characters that, yeah, there was some, a lot of the um, unused footage from A New Hope as far as the pilots was added in and then their voices were kind of put over the top of it, which is which is really cool. Like, very, very cool. Next thing, uh, let's talk about something that divided people a little bit. And that was yeah. Graham of Tarkin being in the movie. Oh, how could that? Like, it was... It's just... Okay, I'm going to talk about the CGI rendering first. You want to talk about CGI rendering first? Yeah, because yeah. uh, well, I know on our, on our little list, it's after this. But that technology is as good as it's going to get at the moment. 100%. And, this, and the thing is, there's no point not using the technology you've got if you don't want it to progress. Like, that's what happened with... The original Star Wars film, it was all technology that hadn't been used yet. Yeah, it may exactly. have dated now, just the same way as that technology was similar to Battlestar Galactica, the TV series, when it first came out in the 70s. Yeah. Like, they weren't going to just not make it just because the technology wasn't there for them to do it. 
you know? Like, how do you expect to fucking progress on uh, and to, to, to have better CGI or to have better animation or to have better special effects if you just if you don't test it first? Look at, uh, side note, sorry, Terminator. The original Terminator, you know the scene where they where Sarah Connor crushes the the the, yeah. the one on one model. You know, do you know how they were doing the, you know the the crushing scene and the smoke coming? They were actually blowing cigarette smoke, you know, over a, a model being crushed and the light slowly switching off, and then they added the electricity over the top. It was all fly by fucking wire, you know, um, special effects, and that's how films are made, like. Yeah, we're in a technology, we're in a state where technology is so much better and you can do it on a computer, but holy shit, Tarkin looked like fucking Tarkin. Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, his, his voice, you know, yeah, his, um, his mouth looked a little bit funny. His voice was nearly spot on, didn't quite roll his R's like mm. um, Peter Cushing would, but, pff, you know, it was perfect. It was Tarkin. It sounded like Tarkin. It looked like, like Tarkin. Leia looked like Leia, like, you know. It worked. And Tarkin, he was in it so much more than I anticipated. Yeah, I, and I'm glad. Because I thought after the first scene, yeah, that was going to be it. Because there would have been no point in having him in there less. Yeah, that's true. Because it had made no sense to, yeah. as to why he's in A New Hope, you know? And, and he makes a... He's always going to be a better bad guy than anybody, you know? He's yeah. cold, he's calculating, he's smart, he's tactical, you know? He's, you know, he's, he's genuinely evil without being like... Dark side evil, you know. He is the reason the Death Star was truly created. Krennic just directed the yeah. the, the building of it, like uh, you know, the the Tarkin doctrine is basically what the Empire is based on. And having him in Rogue One, so important, so important to the universe because he's he such walk, a and he walks over Krennic so much. Oh yeah, because Tarkin's the king. Yeah, it's the best. So it was cool to see uh, the Princess Leia one. You could probably take a leave. I probably wouldn't have shown her face. Yeah, to see it from behind. Yeah, I think that would have been enough. It, just the hint or the general idea that it was that it was her was would have been enough. Like the hope line was, yeah, you know, another part of the film that I can take or leave. Like, yeah, little things. Um, so I, I guess that's you know. Well, I think that's kind of one of the, like the themes of Rogue One is hope. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which is sort of goes into a new hope. Yeah, of course, and that's 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 the point of the film. It's like. You know, rebellions are built on hope, you know. Uh, what have they given us? Hope. Yeah. Like, let's hope we can do something about it. Don't worry, Luke Skywalker's going to do it. Like, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, it makes, it it it, it sits well. So, good. I, I say good on them for trying the, the CGI. Like, if you've got a problem with the CGI, well, you know, you're going to have a problem with every fucking film that comes out. You can have a problem with every sci-fi film because yeah. none of them are going to look as good as Rogue One. Personally, I think they deserve the Oscar for it. yeah. Absolutely. The scene, like, look, we'll, we'll, we'll break down sort of some more of Rogue One in a sec, but some of the scenes, like over Scar, the battle scenes, wow, you know, honestly, just awesome. So the, the whole space battle scene during Scar is just... Stupid. Stupidly good. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, should we talk about that scene? I think we should. Okay, so we all know that Darth Vader makes an appearance in it. Uh, he makes an initial appear- appearance in it, which was supposed to be different, but it's there now, and it and it was awesome. The first scene, of course, he is on his lair on Mustafar. On Mustafar, and it is fucking so cool. And if you 
and if you remember anything from Rebels, you'll know that Mustafar is where Jedi go to die. So yeah. now we know why. And a little side note is that Mustafar was the only planet in Rogue One where it didn't come up on the screen saying Mustafar because they didn't want you to know. Yeah, yeah, they who wanted was to hint it. Yeah, but it, Pablo Hidalgo has said it's Mustafar. Yeah, yeah, it said so even in the uh, in the novel because like if it says Mustafar there, you know that. Vader's coming. Yeah, that's right. It was. It was. It was a cool hint to just like, eh, yeah, we don't know where he's. Like, yeah, it could have just said Vader's lair. Yeah, and it would have, and you know, but it, it didn't. I think. That, I think it was more to like, um, yeah, keep under wraps that you were about to see Vader. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, uh, before we move on to the most important scene, yeah, that scene. This the scene. That ended up in Rogue One with Darth Vader was actually part of the reshoot. It was, and uh, as as a lot of people have said, as what a lot of people have kind of said, they were like they were a little bit worried about the reshoot, uh, and this was part of it. So shut up! <laughs> Congratulations, Lucasfilm, for that reshoot. Yeah, yeah, I think you you. you you added what needed to be added. And this scene is, of course, when Darth Vader appears on the profundity. By himself. And wrecks a bunch of dudes. Yeah, he just, like, goes to town with a force and a lightsaber. Like, just violence. Complete violence. And it's so cool. Like, and rebel troops are, like, piss-bolting, trying to get away from him, you know. And there's a scene where the, um, you know, the plans exchange hands leading up to Princess Leia. Uh, really cool scene. So cool. Like, like it makes you actually, yeah. like, if you, you feel kind of anxious... If, like, if you put yourself in, like, the shoes of the Rebel Soldiers, being like, what the hell do we do? Well, yeah, there would be nothing you could no. do. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, now, as, I, as I would say, peak Vader. Absolutely. Absolute peak Vader. Now, to do with the reshoots, I think the reshoots made sense because it, it made the film a little bit more tragic. Now, there is uh, an apparent altern- alternate ending which yeah. I actually don't believe exists. I'll tell you right now. I think there's just the, the only the only reason I believe that there was an alternate ending is because um, Felicity Jones did did sign a two a two movie deal. That's right. Yeah. So that they may or may not have decided to kind of stretch out. Yeah. But then apparently, yeah. I think Gareth Edwards went and said it doesn't make sense for them to survive. Well, that's right. And the thing is, was that they they weren't going to survive, but it was going to be a very different ending to how they didn't survive. I'm under the impression that initially they die on the beach, or they don't, yeah. or they don't make it. Uh, but just in general, they don't fucking make it. That's that's all we know. I would like to see those scenes. Hopefully, DVD Blu-ray release, we will. Hopefully. But yeah, as I think you've said to before, was can everyone just stop talking about the alternate ending? Yeah, I think it just got a bit much because every single post Paul was seeing about Rogue One was like, did you see that there was an alternative ending? Yes, we know that. We, we knew the minute there was like reshoots that there, there's heaps of missing scenes. Like there's scenes like there's, that, there's that TIE fighter that comes down in front of Jin. Yep. And that does. And I'm glad they didn't actually put that yep. in the movie because it doesn't really yep. make sense. Well, no, it doesn't. Um, but it does kind of make an appearance in the novel. Yeah. Yeah. So the scene where the uh, the the kind of the the, the gangway, yeah, the gangplank, yeah, 
was destroyed, that's from that TIE fighter popping up in front of her. So, yeah. So there's that. Um, so I thought it was only TIE strikers on the... Well, there would have been TIE fighters, I assume. Yeah. Like, there'd be both TIE fighters are perfectly good in atmosphere, but the striker is a better shape. Yeah. And probably a bit more manoeuvrable in uh, in atmosphere because it's got um, the adaptive wings they can bend. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's probably a little bit more manoeuvrable in atmosphere than the X-Wing. And the X-Wing requires its S-Falls open for combat, and even in atmosphere, which would give it a lot of drag. Uh, either way, you know... The, the scenes kind of cut out because it probably looked a bit silly. But so, there's a few scenes that were that were put in a lot of the um, trailers. Away, the yeah. trailers, yeah. yeah. I've watched a few YouTube videos of like connecting of the dots of the missing scenes or the um, you know the alternate endings and stuff. And they're great to watch if you're genuinely interested. But it, it just simply doesn't affect the film because it makes sense that the that the ending is the ending. Yeah. So. so I want to break down the film a little bit and start from the beginning, you know, leading from, I guess, the early Jinnah, so seeing yeah. the seeing a young... Um, when we see Galen and yeah. encounter yeah. the young Krennic. That's right, yeah. So Krennic is a lieutenant at the time, I believe, or maybe just above lieutenant, but they're on Lamu. Lamu is a, a farming planet, you know, it's sort of, you know, deep in the outer room territories. How... Krennic finds them, who knows? Uh, but, you know, he has the same ship all the way through, which is interesting, so it must be a pretty modern or advanced ship to, to last 15 years. Yeah, I think so. Start The initial start of the film, you know, with the, the bang. You know, a long time ago, a galaxy far, far away, bang, straight into the film. What do you think? I think it was a, it was a cool way to yeah. start, start a Star Wars movie that didn't have yeah. the... Uh, the Scroll? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. Sad that there wasn't much more about, uh, you know, Lyra Erso. Yeah, she seems she seems like a very yeah, uh, a very cool Star Warsy character. Yeah, yeah, a great char- a great Star Wars character, definitely. Um, you know, because she's got that, you know, she's 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 loyal to you know her husband. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, she obviously has like some belief in the force, and she's got like a strong moral. Cause she's she's the reason why Galen doesn't want to work for the Empire anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like how when she comes back up, and Krennic's like, "Oh, here's Lyra back from the dead." It's a miracle. Yeah, hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, the um, it moves on fifteen years later. Now, in between that time. Jin Erso clearly does some shit. Yeah. Uh, and that shit is obviously she's with... Se- she's seen some shit. Yeah, she's seen some shit, man. Yeah, that's that's obviously with um, working for um, Saul Guerrero's cadre. Like, she's one of the closest... One of his closest yeah. and best fighters. That's what he says, isn't it? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, from there, it moves on to an amazing planet. Uh, like, it works. it's actually a an asteroid that has a... Clearly, a, a, a mining facility, or an ex-mining facility, or a, a way station or a port, yeah. uh, which is uh, the Ring of Kafrain. Uh, Very cool. Really cool, really cool scene, and I wish there was more to it because it felt so Star Wars. It's exactly the kind of thing that uh, I used to see in a lot of you know the Star Wars role playbooks or in the comics, things like that. Something perfectly suited to that kind of scene, like 
you know, aliens everywhere, you know, different dodgy fringer characters, smugglers, uh, you know, assassins, bounty hunters, you know, um, privateers, uh, all that kind of stuff, you know, they're all on this one area because it's sort of a, a, a waypoint for the, you know, the outer rim or further out from the mid rim or something like that, apparently. So really cool scene. And then that's where we're introduced to Cassian Andor. That's right. Who is a rebel spy. Possibly went um, under Fulcrum, I think, at some point. Yeah, apparently. Yep. So Fulcrum is a name that a lot of rebel spies use every so often. Uh, yeah, so Cassian Andor is a character. What is? What do you... I really enjoyed him. Yep. I was really, really... When I read the story about how he didn't want to change his accent, I was... That was fantastic. It's like, cool. Yeah, why should you have to? The planet you're probably from has that kind of accent. Right, that was a cool story about how mm. someone took... A guy took their dad, who was, in, I think, they were Mexican... And, um, he, he was, and he kind of teared up. South American, South definitely. American. Yeah. And he kind of teared up because he didn't... Yeah, yeah. He, he, had. That's right. He was really excited about it. Really cool. Yeah. Now, I, I'm I'm here with the Rogue One Ultimate Visual Guide, and sadly, the Ring of Catherine isn't in this book, which I really wish was something they added to it, you know, just like a few of the characters we see. Yeah, that would have cool. Yeah, it, it would have been a cool one to kind of add, but it is what it is. But yeah, Cassian Andor... We, we, we see the type of character he is and what he's willing to do to get shit done. So, yeah, he's, yeah. he's definitely, like, he'll do anything. He's seen some shit. He'll do anything. Yeah, and he's done some shit, some bad shit. To help the Rebel Alliance. Yep, that's right. And as he mentions later on, you know, he's been in it since he was six years old. So, yeah, he's clearly the kind of character that's that's done a lot. And the reason why he's part of uh, Rebel Intelligence um, is because he will do this stuff. Uh, then, of course, we're, we're introduced again to an older Jyn Erso, where she is um, imprisoned on an Imperial prison called Waboni. Which is yeah. an acronym for Obi-Wan. Yeah, which is very funny. Yeah. yeah, I thought you'd use something like that. Yeah, yeah so Waboni, prison planet. Um, one of the cool things I liked about Waboni was uh, one of the old turbo tanks. Yeah, it was very cool. Uh, one of the Imperial Juggernaut is also known as it is on there, so it's old. Uh, you see the stormtroopers; their armor is all kind of, you know, battered and dirty. dirty. Yeah, yeah. So they're clearly in the backwater, like they, you know, they don't see much action. Uh, when in, they're talking about, they're like, Ugh. yeah, Another yeah, pickup. Yeah, yeah. They're clearly, you know, not quite the. They're, they're definitely not the five zero first. Definitely not. Yeah. Um. You see in the distance, sort of a Wabani, a lot of the, um, a lot of like. Satellite dishes, obviously. Yeah. The planets, you know, they they make the they make the uh, from according to the novel, they make anybody that's on there kind of work. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, you either work or you essentially die because you're killed by other inmates. So yeah. it's pretty pretty brutal wasn't, prison planet. Wasn't it jugger- weren't they juggernauts from Clone Wars? That's right. Yeah. So the turbo tank is from Clone Wars, but it's also yeah. known as the Imperial Juggernaut. Yeah. So it, there's another um, a really great image of how the Star Wars universe works, that this is like, you know, a solid 19 years yeah. since the Clone Wars and there you're still using the same equipment and technology, you know, because it, it, stuff doesn't go out of style, certain things. Exactly. Yeah, and, and the turbo it's tank is cool. use. Yeah, yeah. So I loved seeing that. I loved seeing it because the turbo tank is a design that I've seen, you know, again, from the expanded universe and stuff that made its way into... Yeah. Um, Revenge of the Sith and when I seen it in Revenge I was like that's fucking awesome you know like they're paying attention to yeah, you know their, their universe which I believe Disney or um, Pablo Hidalgo does a lot more 
than than anybody that sort of yeah had anything so. to do with Lucas Lucasfilm in the past. So yeah, so from there, Jin Erso was rescued. We meet K two Erso. Yep, delivers his first funny line of the movie. Yeah, which is pretty much his first line. Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, and then on to the Rebel Alliance. So, you know, this has always been my favourite subject. The first time we see Yavin. Yep, absolutely. So when we first see Yavin, uh, you know... I'm not going to lie. We see that, you know... Yeah, oh, yeah, it was very exciting. They play a little bit of the, the Rebel Alliance thing. Yeah. yeah really cool. Uh, you see the ziggurat, you know, the the, the Massasai temples and the... Yeah, it's awesome. And the, and the, and the you know... Uh, the, the the makeshift sort of base that the that the rebels are you know so well known for like looks so cool you know yeah so we all know Yavin we know what's on there what I like about it is getting to see you know uh, Mon Mothma yeah you know um, like, Genevieve Riley who played her in the deleted scenes from yep. Revenge of the Sith that's right yeah so she reprises her role as the younger Mon Mothma, and I, and I still think, you know, she looks similar to the actor that's clearly yeah. Mon Mothma in Return of the Jedi, like, close enough. Yeah. You know? Pretty spot on. Yep, that's right. You meet uh, General Draven, who's one of the heads of Alliance Intelligence, only under a particular general, and that general is General Nadine yeah. from Return of the Jedi, so he is the leader of Rebel Inter- Intelligence, uh, and Maydeen actually trained General Dravis. Draven. Draven. Yeah, Dravis is a uh, red leader. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's, you know, a little, a little bit of tidbit of information there, even if I did get the name wrong. Yeah. Do we meet Dodonna as well? Was that yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, that older, the older bearded um, character you see, the uh, the actor is supposed to be a, obviously a replacement actor for General yeah, obviously. Dodonna, which is really cool. Um, he really doesn't say much in it, but it's him. Yeah. yeah. One of one of the other command, the uh, one of the other leaders of Starfighter Command, where we get to see Cassian kind of do his thing and meet Genoso for the first time, and and that's where it all sort of goes yeah. from there. Try and convince her that yeah, being yeah. part of the rebellion is something she needs that's to right. do. Now, in this scene, this is where um, the film really changed from what I'm aware of. Apparently. So you know, initially when they get Juno, uh, so she she's actually or she was actually technically already a member of the rebellion or something to that effect. Yeah. She's a sergeant, apparently. Yeah. Um, and you know, because there's a state your name for the record. You know, yeah. they go through a list of crimes, and she goes, "Well, I, this is a rebellion. I rebel." Rah rah rah. You yeah. Know? This is because she's being dragged in to do a mission. Yeah, exactly. Whether the scene on Wabani is a um a a reshoot or not. Hmm. Who knows? That hasn't really been discussed online either. But from what I can tell, the scene that we got to see is very different to the scene that was initially recorded. So, what are your thoughts about that? What What do you reckon? Why, do, it, why do you reckon the change so much? Well, I think they just had to try and establish that Jin was a bit apprehensive about the mission yeah. at first, and then kind of. You know, like Cassian's lying in a rebellion to build on hope. And... Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Look, I'm. Mean, we'll never know if even that scene was part of the um, yeah, the reshoots or not. One thing I can say though is like she went from obviously you know rebel miscreant or you know like a uh, someone that obviously disobeys orders or doesn't do things the right way to yeah. a reluctant hero, but she was always going to be a reluctant hero. So. It seems like such a change for her to go from, you know, random criminal, like criminal that's hiding from, you know, her past 
Well, I think it, the the point of the movie when she she fully commits to the uh, the rebel cause is when she sees the holocron of her dad. Yeah, yeah, which I guess we'll we'll step up to yeah, in a second. Definitely. Yeah. So that does actually lead us to the next the next great scene, which is Jeddah. So what an interesting planet that Jeddah looks beautiful. Yeah. I love. Yeah. I love love loved Jeddah. Oh, me too. Jeddah is like the kind of um the kind of thing that I've wanted to see in Star Wars. You know, like a. Um, Jeddah is sort of a, a, a religious kind of, I guess, what would you call it? A, a holy city. Yeah, a holy city. It's supposed to be, you know, like a Middle Eastern country. Obviously, that's it's 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 what it's hinted towards. It's, it's yeah, I think it, so. It's occupied territory, as it's as it's kind of stated. There's lots of pilgrims that go there. And what what are your what are your thoughts on Jeddah? What did you? I just love the general, like the look of the planet. I love it had how they had the the Jedi statue fallen over. Yeah, the, yeah. The actual architecture, yeah, which beautiful. We, we sadly kind of miss a little bit, but yeah, seeing some of the Jedi pilgrims was really cool. I love that we we get introduced to um, Bays and uh, Chwin, Chwin, Chim, Chim, the Guardians of the Wheels, which Chim-win? is a very yeah. cool nod to the original title. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So you know. Uh, <sighs> They've made Jeddah look like Afghanistan. Yeah, That's the general idea. A space Afghanistan. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, but what they've really done is, you know, they've, they've simplified what's happening to, to good and evil. Like there are these, um, real, there's religious pilgrims and things like that on there. But the, the, the people that are fighting the empire aren't religious zealots. They're just, you know, they're partisans. You know, yeah, and exactly. that's of course Sol Guerrero's. You know, yeah, that's right. His group. I, I liked um, small little scenes. Of course, the the cameo of Punda Barbara, etc., was really cool. Um, seeing little things like if you see this Imperial pilot, you know, yeah, yeah, very which cool. of course is Bodhi, and Bodhi is an Imperial defector who uh, he he obviously has information for the rebellion and that's more solid information about this pl- apparent planet killer uh and he's trying to get to the rebellion but the only way he knows how to get to the rebellion is through sol guerrera and they've kind of split ways so, yeah so sol guerrera has you know a, a, a small group of um resistance fighters has a bit of rebels partisans issues. guerrillas terrorists whatever they're sort of you know Whatever moniker they go yeah, by. Yeah, whatever, whatever they go by. And they, they attack the city while Jin and Cassian are trying to find their... The pilot. Yeah, find their pilot, yeah. Um, Cassian shoots down one of their men, which... That's right, which really pisses off a couple tubes. of the captains. Yeah, the two tubes. There's uh, two characters who, who actually... They pilot a couple of the X-Wings that, uh, that Sol Guerrero runs, and they're called the Cavern Angels, which is a great name. So their X-Wings are like... A, a black and sort of a dark white color paint job, like very different, probably really hard to see in space. Yeah. Um, but you see one of them crushed, mm. you know, on Jeddah. There's ATST, ATSTs walking around like, you know, like track tanks yeah. carrying cargo with Imperial troopers, you know, like, and these, these, these partisan fighters, they, they, they attack without sort of mercy. Like they're yeah. obviously out to just like bleed oh. the empire where need be. And yeah. Take back the um the yep. club crystals. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you know, it, it, right, right. So I guess we missed a point about Jeddah. Is Jeddah is a planet that's been mined 
for kyber crystals, and those kyber crystals are going to the weapon. Now, Sol Guerrera kind of knows about this because the essential, the, the basic history of what we know about the Death Star, Sol Guerrera has heard about this weapon for years now. Yeah, back when it was on Geonosis. That's right, yeah, and he's been looking for evidence. Like they had to move yeah. it. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chirrut Imwi. He's, um, the... For those that want to know the correct way to say it. And the reason Chirrut. why... And the reason why the... They had a Star Destroyer on the planet was because to stop Sorgera from. That's right. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. So the Star Destroyer that uh, hovers above is my special right. book. Yeah. Which I do love looking through. This is this book is just fucking awesome. Just such a great. Very nice book. Yeah, great bit of information because Pablo knows how to put together a you yeah. know a visual guide for sure. Like, he definitely does. I think this is kind of his. His first one that he's really done before. Actually, yeah, I think this might be the first one he's really put together before. So, can you do Force Awakens? Um, I've got it here. We can always have a look. Pretty sure you did Force Awakens. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But th- that doesn't seem to have as much info, to be quite honest. So, yeah, definitely. So the Star Destroyer that's uh, towering above Jetta. Yeah, Jetta is the Dauntless, uh, and eventually that leaves because something real bad happens. But yeah, so two of the other characters were introduced there, which are two of the other the other two major characters are Baze Malbus and Chirrut Imwe. Yep. Uh, now they are guardians of the wills, or I guess protectors of the, you know, the, the, you know, the the temples, and uh, you know they and they protect the the kyber crystals on the holy city of Jeddah. Now, one of the most interesting characters out of this is Chirrut. He is blind. Now, as we, as we move on to to what what he does as a character. He can already see a lot despite being blind, and I. And no matter what any book says, no matter what anybody anybody says online, no matter how you look at it, in some way, shape, or form, Chirrut is using the Force. He has to be. It's the only way, and I believe that. Yeah, not all Force users are Jedi. So. That's right. Yeah, and we we need to understand that that's 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 been the thing since the expanded universe. There's more than one following of the force and it's yeah. not just the Jedi and the Sith that's Definitely. just the two major ones exactly so I, I do like that they kind of hint that the force is also a religious thing as well because yeah, yeah you know it has been said before um, a lot of people argue that it's not and still try and push this whole oh well it's not a religion it's not it's not it's not it, it is it's just that it's a religion that has something to grip onto and that is this power the force yeah definitely you know and in the Star Wars universe it's yeah it, 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 it's this it's this one bit of mysticism that uh, that overlines the entire warlike you know gritty Star Wars universe and that's probably why I love Star Wars the most because you've got that you've got that sort of the Empire versus the Rebels, you've got all the technology, the cool ships, you know, the the planets and yeah. how things are. But then you've got the Force and that, that Force is just added on top of like, oh, look at this, look at this universe that's already like, you know, gritty technology and, you know, big ships and wars and, you know, galactic senates and... Yeah, and then you've also got this mystic. Yeah, yeah, this one bit of mysticism that's just like creamed over the top of it. They're like, everybody's like, oh, wow, the Jedi, or are they real? Or look at this person do this outstanding thing that nobody else can do. Yes, the thing that makes the Force so cool is, I don't think there's like 
a real limit to what what we know about it. No, I mean it obviously leads people in directions, and it and it leads Chirrut and and Bays towards Jin and Cassian. Yeah, Jin and Cassian. That's right. Yeah. So, like he senses that Jin's wearing a kind crystal. That's right. Yeah. 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 Like, does Bays tell her, tell her that? Like, it was hidden. Like, yeah. Or do you know? Like, you know, in, in the book, um, uh, Jin just assumes that. Chirrut is this, uh, you know, a shyster, just like a, yeah, like some kind of like, um, you know, almost like a, a, a gypsy kind of like trying to like take her money or trick her into, yeah, you know. But the, the reason they're sort of stuck doing these odd jobs for money is because like they've got no home now. The home is being destroyed by the empire. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, or even possibly destroyed by Solgarera's partisans. You know, like. Yeah, that could be that too. Yeah, like he he he's certainly he's certainly the kind of character that's just like, um, why does he do this? Yeah, um, why does he why does he um, what why is he fighting so viciously opposed to side of the Rebel Alliance, which kind of, uh, I guess I guess are a little bit more reserved in their sort of combat and the yeah. way they do things. Like they they would never get they would never have innocence involved or things like that. Like, uh, Saul Guerrero is a direct action kind of bloke. Yeah, he definitely. That's right. Moose certainly is. Yeah. So, uh, what did you think of Saul Guerrero? Because that's the character that, yeah, that kind of, I guess, pushes Jin towards. Yeah, I think I enjoyed. I think I enjoyed how they did him because you know he's got breathing problems. He's got like robotic legs. Like I know some people probably wanted him to feature a bit more, but there was only so much he could do. Yeah, yeah. It's like, not much of him left. I like that kind of, <laughs> they kind of made him really, like, kind of, yeah. you know, like, he didn't trust anybody. In, yeah, yeah, he's obviously paranoid. He's got problems, you know. Yeah. He's, yeah. And that's, you know, a few years of trying to, like, fight Empire, fight yeah. the Separatists. Yeah. Always having to look over his shoulder. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so, you know, Jin, uh, Jin kind of talks to Saw and, uh, you know, gets to... Um, figure out what, what, what she's like. She finds out that her father's still alive and he's not this bad person that she thought because he, she left, you know, because he left her behind. He did what he had to do. Yeah. So they go chasing after him onto a planet, uh, which is Edu. Edu is where they have the, faci- like one of the facilities where... Um, the cover refinery. Yeah, where yeah. Galen Erso and his, um, and his scientists, will, you know, do their final kind of work. Um, uh, uh, one of the scenes I like about it is, uh, Cassian's scene, you know, where, where he changes from, you know, like, you know, I'm doing this for the rebellion. I'm going to do this. I don't care that this person has to die because I know it's for the greater good. It's like, I, even in this one, um, even in this one sort of person dying, it's, it's not worth like my, my, my moral, my, my soul anymore. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that really kind of gives you a better indication of the, of the Cassian Andor character, don't you? Like, yeah. He actually yeah. goes, you know, I can't, it would be wrong to, to yeah. shoot this guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, he's not the only character that sort of has a, um, I'm doing this for the rebellion and for the greater good, you know, like um, General Draven, you know, organises a strike on EU while those rebels are already there. Like, and he realises he has to yeah. get rid of it. Yeah, he has to stop it, you know. Which, because, um, unfortunately, it was too late. Yeah, but, you know, he, he he's a direct action kind of character as well, which I think the Rebel Alliance clearly needs, and it's cool to have this... this character in the background that obviously survives the Battle of Yavin probably is pro- possibly been on Hoth or he could have done countless of other but how good does that X-Wing 
assault on Edu look. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yet another scene that I think changed drastically for what what was going to happen because apparently that scene was they like a whole bunch of rebel commandos land to attack it. Yeah. So I think it worked out much better that way. Yeah. Well, we well look, we we'll never know. Yeah, exactly. We we, we don't we don't know like. Reshoots are always a fickle thing. Uh, not necessarily. Yeah, unless you actually worked on the movie, you'll never really know. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. So I think the the, the, the the film's reshoots or the changes were enough, and I think it's it's pretty cool. So all the characters are now together. This is the most critical part of the film. This is where, like, it's like, all right, well, we've got this information. What, what do we do with it? Where do we go? Yeah, I mean, like, we've, you know, Jin gets to see her dad. Yeah, that's right. Probably. Yeah. It's one of the, uh, the, probably the first really emotional scenes of the movie. Yep. Yeah, of course. Now, you know, too bad if you haven't watched it because it's been two months. Yeah. Galen Erso, true to form, dies. Uh, that that was obviously what was going to happen to him. Bit sad because a bit more of Mads Mikkelsen would have been nice. Yeah. I feel like actor. having such a great actor and having him in like two scenes solidly. Yeah, more or a less. Bit, yeah. A little bit disappointing. Here and there, like, but you know, I think he definitely played his part. Yeah, yeah, I think he played his part well. He was there, you know. Yeah, so Cassian and um, Jin kind of have a bit of a confrontation with each other, you know. And this Once is, they get off, yeah. You. This this is where they. This is where I think the smallest part of the because it, it doesn't have heaps of plot development. No. Like it's just like these are the scenes. This is what happens. Now it's going to get to this point. This is one of the character developments that that really. When I start to see what, like the link between them, Cassian and Jin have it, like, well, what do they do? They kind of they get a bit heated. Yeah. And what do they confront about? Essentially, the. Well, the Cassian was, was, was told to kill, yeah. kill, his, kill her dad. Yeah. and But he doesn't, you know. And then That's he, what he like, says. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to do what I've got to do because I've been in this fight since I was six years yeah. old. Jin's like, well, I don't give a shit. Like, you're a fucking shit talker. He's still trying to kill my yeah, dad. Yeah. Yeah, so um, he um, he doesn't, and you know, and he sticks by that. You know, uh, the rest of the characters like, oh, this is fucked. You know, that jet has been destroyed by the the, the Death Star. You know, so the, the initial testing of the Death Star, they destroyed Jetta City. So you know, the 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 two guardians are are pretty sad. They've lost everything, so they're angered towards the Empire. So uh, Bodhi Rook is in the middle of this crap. You know. So he doesn't know where he's clearly... Just a defected pilot. Yeah, he's just a defector. You know, he's just a defected freighter pilot. Like, that's all he was. They get back to Yap, And now there's a scene change again that's not there in the film. Scene change. Yeah, so in one of the scenes, um, which I've seen online, the Rebel Council, um, the, the, you know, the, the, the civil government, the, the you know, some of the senators... Well, they're all, all the, yelling all each the, other. Yeah, well, before that, there's a scene where they're showing you a hologram of the Death Star, and there's a few spoken scenes that then move on yeah. to, yeah, you know, the uh, move on to the general discussion of like, oh, what's the rebellion going to do? We need to split the fleet up. Then we need to give up. We need to, you know, we need to go to the we need to go to the Senate and show them this inf- this, you know, this information and try and get make a peaceful uh, like a peaceful agreement between the Empire and the rebellion. Like very silly kind of. You know, you know, oh, what's going to happen? Are they, are we argue about this, they argue about that, that kind of, you know. Admiral Radda says, I say we fought. You know, in his Mon Calamari accent. I'm definitely yeah. bored with Radda's. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the, the rebellion is... this guy. Yeah, which one? Oh, Senator Vaspar. Yeah. yeah. 
Senator Jebel's one of the one of the um, the senators that say they they should go to they should fight, doesn't he? Yeah. There's a couple. There's Bail Organa there. These yeah. are the sort of major senators. One of the other ones is Senator Palmo, who's the senator of Tyrus. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're all part of this council, along with you know, one Mothman, one General Draven, uh, you know, General Daduna, like. There's there's characters that are obviously missing, like in General Raik and all that stuff. Apparently, they're all part of this this council. Look, I'm just going to come out and say rebellion. it. Yeah, Vaspar was a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Fuck this! The rebellion's done for." Well, that that's yeah. Uh, obviously, that's not the case. You know, um, they just they don't decide on anything. At the end of it, they're like, "We don't know what we're going to do yet." Like, they've got this information about like a planet killer. They know what's called the Death Star now. They know the plans yeah. on Scarif. Yeah, they, they they know that they can get them. You know, Jin tries to convince them that it's worth worth doing, um, but they don't. They don't do anything about it. Like they they just kind of leave it. Everybody leaves, but something happens. They decide. A bunch of them decide that they want to fight. That's right. Yeah. So a, a small group of rebels have decided after listening in on listening to Jin Erso and what she has to say that. They will follow her. Yeah, we've got to do something. That's right. And this small group of um, rebels are actually, uh, it's really cool, they're rebel pathfinders or rebel spec yeah. force commandos. So, you know, they're sort of the best of the best. They've been in fights for years now, you know, fought overwhelming odds. And they're like, you know, they know that this mission, they're probably never going to come back from. This is this is do or die for them. This is the most important mission of, of the rebel alliance now. And it was. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so they 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 agree. You know, they agree based on something needs to be done. So they steal they steal the the Imperial cargo shuttle, the namesake of the movie. That's right, where it's named or given the nickname Rogue One. Yeah, they fuck off to to Scarif with a whole bunch of like uh, uh, rebel troops. Ready to do what needs to be done. Uh, in that time, Admiral Radis is going, oh, fuck this, I'm going to fight. Fuck you, Councillor Cunts. You're just going to sit well, on your hands like politicians. Well, initially he was, taking, he was taking Leia to Tuta. Yes, but like then, then he was like, yeah. no. I, he he changes his mind. And obviously he changes his mind as he knows that the... That the Scarab is happening. Yeah, or that the, that the rebels are landed on Scarab. Yeah. So he goes. Because it's more important. That's right. Yeah. It's obvious that they... The one thing that I, I, I assume, because just based on the timeline of how the battles happen and stuff, is either he decided as he found out that that shuttle disappeared or the shuttle the shuttle escapes from Yavin and heads there and he decides entirely separate that he's going to call in the nearest ships yeah. nearby and he's going to make his way there. So that's what he decides to do. Um yeah, and I think that, it's really cool. I love that they've got this character that's obviously an alien and his thoughts, especially from the novel, is, um, you know, one of the worlds that's resisted the Empire the most to the point where, you know, open rebellion on their planet is yeah. non-colour. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like the entire world is open rebellion, you know. It's not just like small pockets of resistance. They kick the Empire off and they have ships and they're ready to defend their planet against whatever. The first planet you can imagine that the the Death Star could go to, to really, yeah. you know, to strike fear into the rebellion, to really drive home a point would be Mon Cala. So yeah, Admiratus so. decides that this is not this is not what I want for my planet. Yeah. I'm going to get the, I'm going to find out what these plans are. 
100%. Yeah. Great character. I fucking love Adam Aratus. I yeah, love him awesome. so much. He's such a cool character that just sort of pops up. All right, Jake, we fight. No legendary Montcalmari. That's right. So I think, like, yeah, uh, from Scarif, this is the, the last part of the film. We've basically talked about the whole film. You don't even need to see. You can just listen to us talk about it. Yeah. Uh, favourite part of the film, you know, very, you know, really gets action-packed from here. They land yeah. on Scarif. I mean, you know. It's a huge thrill ride. Yeah, were, that's right. Yeah. There. yeah. So did, when, when you were watching it, Chris, did you, you know, when, when things started to really go downhill for them, you know, uh, as we're aware, what happens is the, the rebels are on there trying to get the plans. Uh, Radis and his fleet shows up. There's a big fleet battle. It looks amazing. Shit happens. Then some characters start to really die off. Yeah. Now, the first one is K2SO. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And and even from when just K two S O dying, and he's just a droid, but you're like, oh fuck! Like I started to feel a bit nervous. Yeah, like yeah. you're like, yeah, like who's next? That's right. Yeah, but before that, actually, a, a scene that I st- I fucking love, and it just makes me feel so good about being a Star Wars fan, is Cassian telling the Spec Force commandos to light the place up, yeah, and make great. ten men feel like a hundred, like that. that it's so just, good. That. Gave me goosebumps, and even even like you know, reading the book, uh, you know, like I don't know if you were aware. I'll try and find him. Yeah, that, that alien pal. Yeah, yep. Do you know what he yells when he runs off the ship? Uh Carabas. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Carabas, of course, is a uh, swear word. Yeah, used by the Lasat, or well, actually, through the galaxy, but used particularly by. Uh, Yep, on Rebels, and yeah. But yes, the, 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 the Rebel Spec Forces are my favourite characters in it. They're these yeah. gruff, you know, battle-scarred, you know, yeah, men, women and aliens that have been through several battles, like, already. You know, they've already just come back from a battle. And they're like, you, you can see that they've all got their, their, their particular um, skill sets, demolitions, you know, you know, can sneak up on anybody, uh, Snipers, things like that, you know. Um, uh, Sergeant Melchi is the lead, obviously their leader, um, and they they look at sort of Juno so as someone that's that's a leader now for them. Uh, and they're like, well, one of one of the parts that I, I, I did love was probably coming from the uh, the novel where they well, like, and it really got me in the heart because I, I love the Rebel Alliance so much. It's probably one of the few franchises where the good guys are the ones that I love the most um, because there's just something about the rebellion just the, like, you know, put together with, you know, spit and tape, yeah. you know, like, but they're still better than all the rest out there, you know, X-Wing pilots. The next one X-Wing pilot can take on four TIE fighter pilots, you know. Easily. A small group of rebel troops can hold off like, you know, five AT-ATs and ATSTs while while their, while their leaders get to escape, you know, like just you know, heartfelt, strong, heroic, you know. Great warriors. Warriors. And, and, you know, then a lot of them are no-named and they die, you know. Yeah. You, you know, they're, they're looking at Juno, so, like, you know, she's got to give this speech knowing full well that they're going to die and they're looking at it and going, they know they're going to die, you know, and she's like, we're going to keep going, we're yeah. going to keep trying until we get it, you know, and they just do it, mm. you know. They sneak up, they, they, they you know, because they're, they're – they're already good at jungle warfare. You yeah, know, definitely. they're good at warfare on any planet. You know, they're not like your, your snow troopers, which are 
tactically ready for yeah. snow. They're not like your shore troopers, which are tactically ready for like jungle-like environments, like the you know. And they're not like your scout troopers, which are just light armored, fast. And they're not like your standard storm troopers or your sand troopers that are you know uh, hotter climates or standard climb. You know, they're, they're they can work along a long range, like a, a massive range of different yeah. Yeah. Environments. Environments. And it's such a cool thing that they use the, the spec forces, uh, you know, infiltrator or the, you know, pathfinders, which is, again, from the Star Wars roleplay game books, West End Games. Like, that was coined by them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, Pablo uses that so much. It's like his Bible. Yeah, he pretty much said that. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. Like, I love that he goes back to that. And he's put this stuff into Rogue One. Like, we've got film, film proof of, you know, this stuff. Yeah, from the West End game. From the West End game, you know, like, which was all sort of put together by them and Lucasfilm back in the day. Like, this was the this was the heart and soul of the original expanded universe or the original kind of, you know, I, I guess the, the, the first testament of Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so I think I'm losing track, but, uh, you know, the, the, the rebels, the, the rebel troops are just such a big part of it that I, I, I just loved about the film so much. Like, what did you like about it? What, what was your... Everything about the yeah. rebels? Yeah. I just like, they just take the fight to the Empire. Yeah. No matter what. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. Like, they they sneak around to all the, you know, and put bombs on, yeah. like, the, the, the landing pads and stuff. Funny little side note about yeah. this, Dan. Yeah. He's pretty much in the movie because Gareth Edwards likes monkeys. Okay. Well, that's yeah. a that's an interesting thing to do. But <laughs> Just because it wasn't that page. I do like that Pow, one of the aliens in it, is a character that, you know, um, one of the only aliens and he's there with these with these other rebel troopers. Drabatan. Yeah, he's a Drabatan. Uh, obviously a new alien for... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, man. There's no limit on like, how many aliens can be in Star Wars. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And and nor should there be, you know? Like, people are like, not. oh, why don't they reuse aliens? Well, look, I mean, Saw Gerrera's, um, Saw Gerrera's, um partisans had heaps of aliens we'd already seen. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've seen Quarrens. Yeah. I've seen Twi'leks, you know? So, yeah, it, they're there. So, it's awesome. Things start going downhill for the Rebels from here. Um, they start dying off. Um... You know, ships start getting blown up. Yeah, ships start getting blown up in space. Uh, Blue Squadron with General Merrick again, favorite character. They they bust through the sort of the 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 shield along with the Ewing. So cool! Like they bolt through. You know, and you see one of the ships like crash into it and slide along the shield. Amazing special effects yet again. Um, You know, and there's a scene within the the ATAT and Baze has just shot a rocket at it. It's done fucking nothing. Yeah. And then these X-Wings come through and just blow it apart, you know? And General Merrick's, like, giggling like yeah. a schoolgirl about Beza. it. Yeah. I love Bezos' face when the... Yeah. When he turns back at him, he's like, oh, Yeah, crap. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, Bezos, who you think could probably take one on hand, yeah. like, like in a fist fight, and, yeah, oh, such a great scene. So, you know, we, we're coming closer and closer to the end of the film, and there's a couple of other little things I want to talk about it, like... You know, in space, there's a great scene, and now another testament to the Rebel Alliance. You know, in the universe, and there's a ship, a Hammerhead Corvette, called the Lightmaker. Um, they've gotten rid of everybody off. So I, I've been again reading the novel, so I know the little side bits now. Um, they've gotten rid of all the ma- the the non the, the non essential crew. All there is is 
the captain and a few of the bridge crew and some droids, and they're told to ram their ship into a into one of the star destroyers that's now disabled by uh, by, by the ion bombs from some Y wings. Uh, and, ram- and when they ram into it, it crashes into the other Star Destroyer. So they've just taken out two Star Destroyers, and it goes into the shield generator. Which I think is a very cool homage to when the Super Star Destroyer is going through... Yeah, the, the Death Star. Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's one of those, like, the Rebels are willing to sacrifice themselves yeah. for... Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, and God, Star Destroyers look so good. The, the Star Destroyers in Rogue One just have this beautiful, like light grey colour to them and it just looks so scary. It just yeah, looks man. so big. Like, I think a lot of people complained about the scale that Gareth Edwards used, but look, I mean, I, I looked at it and I seen, you know, the, how tiny the Star Destroyers looked against the Death Star, you know, the Death Star being upside down, like, uh, in, in synchronous orbit of Jeddah. Like, you can imagine how Jeddah, obviously yeah. how big it is, and you see it covering its... Uh, Mm. You know, it's moon, or when it comes into orbit over Scarif, like it just looks so big and beautiful. Like, you know, like I think the scale was massive. The, yeah. The battle itself, like. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, you were mentioned something before we started the podcast about one of the ships that what? they've added, one of the ugly ships the from. The super ugly ship from Return of Jedi. That's that right, yeah, yeah. I thought it was like the ugly ship. Yeah. And they yeah. just chucked it in like that. Yeah. That, that is actually a uh, Dornian Corvette. I think that could be the one. So, a Baratok or Dornian Corvette is the name of the ship. So, the Dornians apparently are going to play a, a, a role in Rebels soon. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, according Very to... Cool. Yeah, yep. And it's actually a ship that's hobbled together, or it's a, it's called a gunship, and it's hobbled together out of bits that were left over, and it just sits in the background a few times of Return of the Jedi. Now, they've found these little model kits of it and added them to Rogue One, because yeah, awesome. they're obviously part of the Rebel fleet. So, you know, that... Great, another another a little homage to to the rest of the to the rest of the trilogy. So um, yeah, it starts getting towards sort of the, the 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 twilight for our heroes here in this film. Um, what did you start to feel when you started to notice that they weren't going to survive? How when did you first know that it was just not going to work out for them? I mean, probably when K two goes down. Yeah. Then you know you you think that Cassian's going down. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So he gets hurt and he goes down and they, they kind of really downplay it. So you think, yeah. fuck. Like, yeah. Cassian's gone. That's right. Um, then uh, I thought another really cool homage to the original trilogy was when, when Jin goes through the air ducts. Yeah. Like when Luke. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's another little kind of hinted scene. Now, okay, so the scene that I reckon really makes the film for me as well, uh, and another one that just just to remind you that it's a Star Wars film, is when Chirrut. Yeah, when he walks across. That's right, when he walks yeah. across the blast of fire, you know, he's been shot at, you know, and what's he saying? I'm one with the Force and the Force is with That's me. right, and he just keeps repeating it over, and he gets to, like, he needs to switch on a switch for, for Bodhi to be able to connect mm-hmm. to the... Um, you know, to the Rebel fleet to send a message saying, we're down here, we've nearly got the plans, you know, just hold out a little longer. Um, and he does it, but then he dies in an explosion. But the only way he survived initially was the Force. The Force 100%. led him there. And then, you know, with another manifestation of the Force, um, Baze ends up taking out hundreds of stormtroopers by himself before he's taken yeah. down, you know, yeah. like he's just... He, 
you know, you know what song was playing playing his head while he was doing that? You got the touch. No. And what? Drop a many seconds by Madball. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, so Baze is obviously a Madball fan. Clearly yeah. looks like he's into New York hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So and and then Baze dies out. Yeah. You know, to the hands of the, of the dark troopers or the the death troopers. Excuse me. You know the um. The, the, some of the elite gives one last yeah. look at at Chimwee. Yeah, makes you makes you hits you here a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you sort of start to see the other rebel troops dying off. You know, the ones that are protecting Bodhi yeah. while he sends the message. Um, you know, they're then, all being shot. Then you the know? ship finally gets blown up. That's right. So one uh, one of the tro- one, an imperial troop throws a grenade in just after Bodhi sent his message. You know, it blows up. And that's when sort of Baze is dying. He sees the the explosion as well. I'm done for too. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, they've died. You know, those major characters that you've that shown up gone. You know, very sad. I, I I definitely felt it. I felt a bit nervous during the film. Like I was yeah. like, oh shit. Like maybe maybe Cassina Jin could still make it. Now then, there's the scene with the Tie Fighter in the in the in the in the previews and the yeah. The, the advertisements for it, that's not there, you know. There's a scene where she switches on the switch and the signal's being sent, you know. The, the shield's open now, you know. The signal gets sent off. The, the rebels on the profundity, she, that's Admiratus's yeah. Mon Calamari ship. Krennic yeah. gets shot by Cassian. That's right, yeah. And so he, he dies. And, and they, the two... Now, this is um, an interesting part of the film, which I, I didn't think they were going to add, and I'm kind of glad they just kind of casually stepped on it because I think before the reshoot there was a little bit more um there was a few scenes where they kind of there's like tension like tension as far as uh relationship yeah between Cassian and yeah him. yeah and I think they cut it out yeah except for this one bit where they hold hands in in a turbo lift going back yeah. down to the to the ground floor you know, they slowly make their way. The Death Star has shown up now. So uh, yeah, Tarkin yeah. has shown up with the Death Star and he's like, destroy this bit of Scarif. Yeah. Get rid of everyone. Like, he doesn't care that there's Imperials on there. He doesn't. He knows full well that... Uh, Krennic's there. Krennic's there. Yeah. This is his, like, you're done for now, cunt. Like, I, I, I've, yeah. I, I've put up with you for this much. We have to get rid of all this That's stuff. That's right. Because yeah. we don't want... Yeah. That's right. He knows full well. So you don't want other people. The Death Star fires. You know, there's this massive explosion that's you know slowly engulfing our two our two uh, heroes. Yeah, and obviously, like Tarkin also looks at like we've got a bunch of plans in this. Oh, and all stuff. Yeah, we can't have any of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, if they can take what these plans, someone else can might be able to take some other plans. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, from what I can tell, a lot of the, uh, the a lot of the the crew of the the Lightmaker, the the Hammerhead Corvette, yeah. any of them that sort of got out in escape pods would have landed on Scarif anyway. Yeah, they would have died. Yeah, along with the so. Death Star shot. So, any of the rebels that that, that survived, uh, except for maybe some of the X wings of Blue Squadron. Yeah. Uh they yeah you know. N- they all died. 
all those rebel troops they, they went there they they went there and sacrificed themselves for this mission and you know and this is why I, I I'm still so in love with the film I'm like wow they actually made a Star Wars film where you you feel like it's like you're like fuck I mean everybody's gone like you know they 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 did this thing and it's they weren't afraid about killing off characters that's right yeah yeah and, and I know a lot of people oh well they had to because they're not in like. A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. And they could have been somewhere else. They could have been anywhere else. Like, the Star Wars universe is so big. Anywhere else in the galaxy. That's right. That There are so many stories and so many other heroes that could be doing things across the galaxy. Like, Luke Skywalker is the crux of yeah. the Star Wars stories, but it's he's not, he's not the crux of the universe. He's just something that changes what happens in the universe. Exactly. There's so much... You know, there's so many stories about the Rebel Alliance and what they do, you know. There could have been other battles and other missions happening at the exact same time as Rogue One. Yeah, You exactly. know, like there's so much stuff. And this is why books, comics, TV shows, um, you know, uh, role-playing games, magazines are, are so important to Star Wars. You know, like I know people whinge about sort of how much of Star Wars is... Um, consumerism but i want to know more about the store like the characters exactly. i want to know more about the aliens and stuff like i i honestly don't give a shit about the consumerism of star wars i don't care about like if they're making like star wars nappies for kids i don't care if they make and like, i generally get the feeling that like pablo hidalgo and dave filoni generally enjoy making more star wars stories oh they do yeah yeah absolutely they're, like, not, they're not doing it just so so they can make money yeah Pablo Hidalgo and Dave Filoni were both on set for Rogue One. Exactly. They were both giving input. They both added to the story. Like, look, the, I know that the writers of Rogue One were obviously um, no names, written nothing of importance, you mm. know. They put yeah. together, the, But they put together the story based on uh, Pablo Hidalgo's... It's his universe. He's our George Lucas now, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Like, Kathleen yeah, Kennedy runs the shop, but he's the guy... That's the, the, he pulls out books like the old, you know, Guide to the Star Wars Universe. He fucking flips through it. He finds a character or a planet and he we goes, I can use that. And then he adds it perfect, perfectly in, you know, like Saw Gerrera is from Onderon. Onderon is from the Towers of the Jedi series, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like basically what he's doing is he's making sure that stuff that's happened in comics and things like that could still have happened. Like there's no such thing as a... um you know, a dead expanded universe mm. now. So I feel like people should should yeah. just chill out with that. Definitely. So yeah, we, we get to the uh the Darth Vader scene, which we've talked about. We get to the you know the Princess Leia scene, um and the film sort of ends with uh the Tented Four, the Corellian blockade runner bolting yeah. blockade runner Corvette bolting away from Darth Vader looking on like yeah. Crap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now I've got more work to do. Um, funnily enough, just before that, the scene where Darth Vader's Star Destroyer, the Devastator comes out of hyperspace and mm-hmm. starts firing at all the ships and knocking them out, and uh, it's side, like, yeah, some, sidelines. Some are, ships just fly into it. Yeah, and, just and you know, you see, like, a an escort frigate or the hospital frigate, the medical frigate, sorry, from um, Empire Strike, when you see one of them just cracking in yeah. half. Um, the profundity is dead in space. What I'd love to know is if Admiral Radis escapes. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, does he, or is he is he dead? And that's why Akbar is now the admiral of the Alliance fleet. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting note. Did you know in Return of the Jedi they filmed scenes with General Maydean as the 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 commander? You know, controlling the battle because they were worried that Admiral Akbar 
his um, the puppeteering they were worried that it wasn't going to look perfect. Oh, so really? they filmed two scenes: ones with Maydean and ones with Akbar, and you know they, you know they're like just in case it yeah. doesn't look good enough. Obviously the so obviously the Akbar scene didn't look good enough. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know that's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, um, you know I, I I think it would have been I, I think it would have been nice to have maybe Akbar and even General Maydean in Rogue One. Just yeah, I think so. Yeah, but you know we have them later on because yeah. The rebellion is so full of characters that die so quickly. So yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So I think we've gone through the entire film. <laughs> Seems like it. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked a lot of crap about it. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you? Anything in closing? In closing. Yeah. I'd just like to say that I've seen Rogue One five times now. I've seen it four. And I think. And I have every intention is going a five for me and a six for you, and we go to um, IMAX. IMAX. I'd love yeah. to see it on that big, big screen one more time. Um, I think if anybody wasn't a major fan of Rogue Run, but you are a Star Wars fan, get the novel. Although it's probably not the greatest written yeah. book of all time, I feel that it, you know the added bits that, like, if you've got questions, it may answer them for you a bit more. Yeah. Alternatively, look, I, I I consider myself a little bit of a an expert, and I can go on personal opinions of what I know of Star Wars. If you've got a question about Rogue One, ask me. You know, um, again, still an eight out of ten film. Um, I I still got a lot of emotion out of it, which I I. Every time I've seen it, you know? Yeah, me too. The scenes on the beach with the rebels, uh, you know, the Pathfinders, you know, them sneaking through the, the bushes, you know, as Jin, K2 and Urso are, like, infiltrating the base. Oh, I, mean, I, I love so much. Every single the battle scene. In the scene. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, just so well made. You know, seeing new new different, new types of coloured X-Wings, the X-Wings, like the... Um, the, the, the blue squadron X wings having blue stripes instead of the red and you know, things yeah. like that. Like, um, seeing uh, apparently in the background there's green squadron Y wings, things like that. Like it's so cool yeah. to see. And with that, I think we we might wrap this one up. Yeah, this has been a yeah. long one for us. Um, I hope you're patient enough to get through this entire. Yeah, thanks episode. for sticking with it. If you have, yeah. if you haven't, we're not offended. If not, watch it like in parts or something. Yeah. Well, until next time. Whenever that may be. May the force be with you. Always.